0: In 2010, a documentary was screened to limited audiences, including a special screening at that year's Japanese Grand Prix that really got people excited. A documentary about one of the most fascinating sportsmen to have ever lived. It wouldn't receive a widespread release until the following year, but when it did, people flocked to the cinema in droves and people travelled far and wide to see it, including me. I travelled close to 200 miles from Exeter to Bristol and back again to see this film in a little independent cinema. Much was my excitement for its release. And I can think of no better film to look at first for this new segment for Everything Racing Podcast called Racing Reviews. I am of course talking about Asif Kapadia's Senna. 78, I came to Europe to compete for the first time. It was pure driving. It was real racing. And that... That makes me happy. Oh my goodness, this is fantastic! I think we are watching the arrival of Ayrton Senna, a truly staggering talent. We ranked among the all-time greats. How do you feel about being world champion? It's not a bad feeling at all, is it? (laughs) Ayrton has a small problem. He thinks that he can't kill himself. And I think that's very dangerous. We are competing to win. And if you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. I was treated like a criminal. The best decision is my decision. I not Walking away from the dark forces just doesn't become an option. I was not going to give up. So have any of your girlfriends ever asked you to go faster? Yeah. There was an energy, a force, a spirit. It was electrifying. It was the last time either of them would be on the podium. Ayrton ran out of luck. There is a lot to go, a lot to learn, a lot to do. But I have plenty of time. Pure driving, real racing, that makes me happy. Capadia had the unenviable job of telling Ayrton Senna's story, something that means a great deal to millions of people, especially in his native Brazil, and doing so that's both accurate for the diehard fans and exciting and engaging enough for the traditional cinema popcorn crowd, if you were. And all in all, I feel he did a great job in terms of balancing those two elements, though I don't think he was entirely successful at times, which I'll get to shortly. Ayrton Senna's story is truly remarkable and interesting to those who find Formula 1, motorsports and sports in general interesting. But the masses, who perhaps aren't as aware of the man and what he achieved in his short life, who find the idea of people driving excessively fast cars round and round a circuit for two hours every Sunday afternoon to be the highest level of tedium you can find, may be put off by the idea of sitting down for an hour and 40 minutes and watching a documentary about that very thing they find so dull. Thankfully, Senna is an exhilarating and exciting as any purposely made Hollywood blockbuster you can find, and I'm not just saying that because I'm naturally biased in favour of the topic in question. Senna received universal acclaim across the board upon its release because of how detailed the telling of Senna's story is, but also how accessible the film is to engage with for the more casual viewer, and I feel that is partly down to the fact that it tells a story of good versus bad, or perhaps good versus not so good. Good. Something that a more casual viewer would appreciate. I'll get to my issues with this good versus bad dynamic that Senna goes down in order to portray its protagonist as this unholy than thou saint that he's made out to be by the film, but first, let's talk about the film's incredible use of archive footage and its out of this world sound editing. Unlike another highly regarded Formula One movie of the time, Rush, there are no actors on screen, no sets, no stunts, no set pieces, Senna is made entirely from archive footage, some of which is closing in on 40 years old at the time of recording this review and in some of the footage, it really shows. No matter how much time you could spend restoring the picture quality of some of the footage here, it isn't going to make a lick of difference. But these moments are so few and far between. 95% of the footage used to tell Ayrton Senna's story has been restored so beautifully, so expertly, squeezing every last piece of detail and colour out of the image. On Blu-ray, you'd be mistaken for thinking that this had been filmed during the very early stages of the HD era of television, such as the quality of what's on screen. There's naturally a lot of grain, but that can't be avoided and goes a long way towards feeling like an authentic piece from its time. All things considered, the amount of work that has gone into restoring the archive footage in Senna is outstanding. It's genuinely beautiful to watch and is a real achievement in archive footage restoration. But the real achievement here is the work that's gone into maximizing the sound. Formula One cars in 2021 don't sound particularly dramatic, so it might seem almost alien to a newer fan of the sport to hear cars from Senna's era in all their glory. But the wonderful thing is, the cars don't just sound loud for the sake of it, that would be lazy sound editing. They sound scary, yet dynamic, emphasising the rawness of the cars on track, with particular moments such as onboard footage around Monaco in 1988 being a true treat for the ears. You can hear every throttle input with such clarity, but it's never uncomfortable to listen to. The original soundtrack by Antonio Pinto also deserves huge praise. It's really well done from start to finish, adding to the highest of highs that Senna experiences, such as the way the soundtrack masterfully builds up to Senna lifting the winner's trophy in Brazil in 1991, as well as the absolute lowest of lows. The music that accompanies the footage of Senna after his fatal crash at Imola is genuinely gut-wrenching to listen to, and really emphasises the enormity of what's happened. The shots of Senna lying motionless in the cockpit, with random cuts to various people in the paddock reacting to the crash, combined with the haunting score, truly feels like you've been punched in the gut, no matter if you're watching these events unfold for the first time, or if it's something that's been burnt into your mind for close to 30 years. All in all, the work that's gone into the video and the audio here is incredible, and plays almost as big a part in the film's successes as the story it tells. Senna was such a success and so popular when it was released because of its source material. Even if you're not a racing fan, you've heard of Ayrton Senna, even if it's only because he's the driver that was killed. But there is so much more to Ayrton Senna than that. He was an icon the world over, especially in his home country of Brazil, where he was and still is genuinely considered to be one of its most precious individuals in its history. He is basically a god back home. Beloved like few individuals ever have been. And the film goes into a good level of detail when explaining this about how charitable he was for underprivileged children. How he provided people hope and positivity during a time where Brazil was a very difficult country to live in. And a payoff, if you can call it that, when the film reaches its conclusion with Senna's funeral, where a million people line the streets to pay their respects, is extremely powerful. But this was just one of the many aspects of Ayrton Senna as a person that the film attempts to address. Senna was a complicated human being, not always correct in the way he went about his business, but boy does the Senna documentary want you to believe that he could do no wrong and every questionable decision he made was entirely justified. I mentioned earlier in the review that the reason the film reached such a broad audience upon its release 10 years ago is because of the way it tells the headline story of Senna vs Prost. And doubtably, their rivalry takes up the main bulk of the film's narrative. I mean, how could it not? It was what defined Senna's F1 career in many ways. Unfortunately, I have some major problems with the way the film takes certain liberties when telling Senna and Prost's story, and the way it blatantly ignores the more questionable side of Senna's personality, something that actually would have been really interesting to explore here. In short, it makes Alain Prost look like an asshole, when he wasn't, and it makes Ed and Senna look like an angel, which he wasn't. Prost is portrayed as a whiny, scheming villain, but he was just smarter than Senna, that's all. Senna raced with his heart, which is why he was so popular, whilst Prost raced with his head, which, and I hate to say it, is why he was more successful. I'm not saying the film is entirely inaccurate with the way it tells its story. I mean, Suzuka in 1989 wasn't Alain Prost's finest hour, and Boy does the film go to town on that, enormously upping the ante on the make-Alan-Prost-hateable aspect of the storytelling. But fast forward to Suzuka 1990. The way the film justifies Senna's actions on the opening lap of the race, when he intentionally takes out Prost as one, revenge for the events of the year before, and two, for starting on the wrong side of the grid, is as hilarious as it is frustrating. The film enormously contradicts itself with the way that the certain things are bad if done by Prost, but fine if done by Senna. To be honest, in some ways Senna was also very contradictory when it came to driver a behaviour on track against him, but he would defend his own similar behaviour. Even small things like the way they tried to make it look like Prost was at fault for the opening lap Championship deciding Collision by including a soundbite from the speed commentary from America with the line Senna has been hit. No he hasn't. He hit Prost. But to the untrained eye in a cinema multiplex, the more traditional popcorn audience who haven't seen this incident before who is using everything they see in here to understand exactly what has taken place will take that piece of information and see it for exactly how it's being portrayed, that Senna wasn't at fault and the villain, Prost, once again, was to blame. I'm sorry, but there are portions of the story that the Senna documentary tells that are horribly misrepresented and aren't told truthfully, which is why I filmed this it's why I find, which is why I find the film so frustrating as there is so much to love here. But whenever the film reaches one of its more challenging parts of Senna's career and of Senna as a person, it merely sticks its fingers in its ears and either tries to brush it off as being no big deal or just flout changes the narrative to suit the story it's telling. That's fine in a motion picture based on true events where you would expect the truth to be altered a little bit to make the plot more engaging. But this is a documentary, almost an educational piece that should be shown in schools, and its version of the truth at times is way off. I cover their rivalry in its entirety back in Racing Story 12, Senna vs Prost, and I said back then that they were just as bad as each other. But the decision to swiftly sidestep the more troubling aspects of Ayrton Senna's career is what holds this film back from being a masterpiece, at least in my opinion. Ayrton Senna is a fascinating character study with so many positive traits as well as the not so positive, like the ability to crash into people on purpose in pursuit of what he believed was right. Why couldn't the film explore this aspect of Senna? They mildly touched upon the kind-hearted individual that Senna was, the charismatic, likeable, inspiring person he was. Seeing him on a Brazilian TV show, for example, where he is hugely flirting with the host, is a side of Ayrton Senna that we hadn't seen before, or when he's enjoying himself at a carnival. These are just moments that make the film unique and go a long way towards showing Senna for what he truly was, or at least a part of him. And even on track, sometimes he showed how great a person he was, for example when he put his own life at risk when he stopped to help Eric Comas at Spa in 1992. That's one of the most heroic things any driver has ever done. But then imagine if the film tackled the darker side of Senna's personality, and was open and transparent about it, and attempted to explain why the man was so likeable, who clearly cared about his fellow racing drivers a lot but then could also go and crash into other drivers on purpose because he believed he was doing the right thing. That would have made the documentary so much more honest. Instead, it just makes it look like it has its own agenda and wants to create its own version of history, which is such a shame and it feels like a missed opportunity to tell a 100% authentic and truthful telling of Ayrton Senna's story. Heck, Top Gear did a better job of tackling the tougher parts of Senna's career and their 15 minute piece back in 2010 than this 100 minute documentary managed. Which is why I don't think this can be truly considered a fully accurate documentary. And for me at least, it holds it back. But then to counter everything I've just said, If you're able to set aside the infuriating liberties that are taken by Capadia and be taken over by the wonderful footage, sound and inaccuracies aside, a brilliantly told story of one man's remarkable life and career, there's a reason why Senna is so highly regarded. Because it's absolutely brilliant and it does rank amongst the best sports films ever made. What Senna gets so right is showing how exciting Formula 1 really is, how dramatic it is, how it is so much more than cars just going round in circles, and most importantly, how dangerous it is. I know many people who have watched Senna who have little to no interest in Formula 1 and have talked about how brilliant the film is. For many it's the ultimate Formula 1 movie, the most engaging, informative and exciting presentation of the sport in cinema history. I also admire the film for not shying away from how dangerous motorsport can be. If you crashed, there was a chance you weren't going to survive. It smartly uses other crashes from the time as a reference point to brace the audience for what's going to happen later on. The events surrounding Martin Donnelly's crash at Haref in 1990 I feel is the main example of what Formula 1 was at the time in the film. If you crash. Life threatening injury was a real possibility and then the likes of Ayrton Senna were able to put these sorts of things to the back of their minds and continue with the job at hand and do it better than they'd done it before. Demonstrating that F1 drivers are so much more than just people driving a car. They were brave, fiercely determined gladiators wrestling with machines that could kill them in an instant and Senna was the very best at it. It could have been so easy for the film to ignore the dangers of formula 1 as it's undoubtedly a tough subject to face especially as this is a documentary these ultra violent things happened there's no cgi there's no stunt doubles this was reality there's no comfort for the more casual viewer the kind of audience that embrace over-the-top cartoon vehicular violence that you'd find in a fast and furious film for example instead it tastefully introduces the topic and it does leave the viewer questioning whether the dangers are worth the reward especially as come the film's conclusion even the best driver of all time wasn't immune to the consequences that come from crashing. The film carefully explains this to the viewer, who perhaps didn't consider the dangers of Formula 1 to be all that serious, and I'm sure that has gone a long way towards giving a huge number of people more of an appreciation of what Formula 1 is is an exhilarating, adrenaline filled, highly dangerous sport and no film has been able to portray this better than Santa. Despite my very real issues with the way the film attempts to sneakily tell a not entirely fair and factual story of one of the greatest rivalries in history between Senna and Prost, there's a reason why Senna comes so highly recommended by almost everybody that has seen it, including me. It's an expertly and lovingly crafted film made by people who clearly love the source material and want to tell a story that everybody can get immersed in. It certainly could have been braver and tackled the more controversial moments in Senna's career in a more accurate manner, asking the audience to question why someone so great could occasionally do very questionable things instead of trying to spin its own narrative, but despite how much I've gone on about that, it doesn't stop Senna from being a truly remarkable film, one that every movie buff needs to watch even if it's just to learn about one of the most incredible sportsmen of all time. I give Senna four and a quarter stars. Thank you for listening to this first edition of Racing Reviews. What did you think of Senna? And what would you like me to review next? Let me know on social media. Just search for Everything Racing Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your usual podcast app of choice and leave a rating and a review. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Manafield, and I'll see you around the next corner.